Welcome to Fate's Wide Wheel, a Quantum Leap podcast with Sam and Dennis. We are coming to you from our top secret headquarters at Project Quantum Leap, but you can find us online at fwwquantumleappod.com or follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Fate's Wide Wheel. And please do us a favor by hitting the subscribe button on iTunes. Hello, everybody. We are back for another podcast of Fate's Wide Wheel. Uh, of course, I am Sam, and this is... I'm Dennis. Hello. And uh, we are also joined by our special guest, Claire Feeney. Hi. Um, we are going to talk about How the Tess Was Won, uh, which was written by Deborah Arakalian and directed by Ivan Dixon. It aired on April 14th, 1989. The leap date is August 5th through the 7th, 1956. And Sam has leapt into Daniel Doc Young, a veterinarian in Texas. Uh, so as we talked about on the last episode, Ziggy didn't necessarily get it wrong, just got the wrong leap. Mm-hmm. Uh, because now here we have Sam in Texas in the 50s, uh, not a farmer, but a, a veterinarian, and he has leapt into a pigsty holding up a tiny mm-hmm. pig. Yeah. What's the TV Guide synopsis for this one? Yeah, the TV Guide synopsis is, As a cowboy veterinarian, Sam must keep destiny on course by breaking an ornery cowgirl who pledges to marry him if he can prove he's a better cowpoke than she. Let me just go back real quick. By breaking an ornery cowgirl. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, as I was watching this episode... There's some issues. Yes, yes. So, uh, I was watching this episode, uh, my wife Betsy was sitting on the couch with me, and I just kind of looked over out of the corner of my eye, and she physically bristled. She was like... Mm. Oh, yeah. And she was like... Uh, I, I wrote it down, actually. She's like, that triggers a few feminist sensibilities Yeah. Me. Oh, so many. When I read that to her. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, hell, let's just dive right in. So, here's, so written, episode written by a woman. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we're going to start with that. Good job, 80s television. Thank you. <laughs> um, uh, so to, to jump back to a, a lot of what we talked about in the last episode about them leaning heavy into the God thing, the opening narration for this, aside from from, from Sam talking about after the theme song, like he kind of like sums up the the plot of the previous episode going into this one as he leaps into this one his voiceover narration says but as the bible says yes the lord giveth and the lord taketh away yes which we talk about like leaning into the god thing it yes yeah 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 for sure but yeah so now we're in this we're in a we're in a pig side on this farm pig sty on a farm uh oh that pig though so cute <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So cute. The whole time. I, I just, every time the pig comes up, I just squeed a little bit. I'm like, it's yeah. the pig! Well, and, and you know, th- this episode, actually, it's funny because for as much as we're going to dig deep onto some of the things that the episode does, one of the things that I find interesting that's very superficial is that some of the iconic images of the show, and mostly because of the intro that gets done mm-hmm. later, yeah. are mm-hmm. taken from this episode. Mm-hmm. This one at the beginning and one at the end mm-hmm. um, are, are really two of the more iconic images in the show just by virtue of the fact that they were used mm. again and again and again. And what in the middle too, which I think we'll get to. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Right. That's yeah. right. That's right. So anyway, uh, so there there we have that superficial bit. Let's let's dive deep. And and generally we do kind of a synopsis and go scene by scene. This episode, I'm just gonna say right off the bat, we could definitely do that and we'll probably touch on the scene by scene aspects. 
I don't feel we need to. It's fairly straightforward, you know? It's pretty straightforward, yeah. What I find interesting at the start of this episode is almost immediately after we see the situation that Sam is in, like, Mm -hmm. he's in a pigsty, he's, you know, he's he's covered with mud, he's holding up a baby pig. It's not just mud. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Fair point. Uh, Almost immediately, it cuts away from him, and we're introduced to to Chance Chance, and and Tess. And what I love about this episode is that in the first three minutes, we know exactly what this episode is about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. As and compared plot, to the last episode. And what the plot of the episode is. Yeah. And, like, going back to the thing we talked about in the previous episode, like, this show was originally conceived as an anthology series, and Sam and Al were just basically vehicles, like, characters to bring viewers back every mm-hmm. week. And, like, this is one, like, as soon as we, we see where Sam is at, and now we're going to cut away and we're going to tell you about these people over yeah. here. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know, the other thing, the framework of the episodes and some of the tropes that they that they covered, uh, you know, again, are, are a little superficial at times, but it's like, you know, with the last episode, we had the boxing episode, you know, mm-hmm. right down to the fact that you've got religion involved, you've got the, the training montage, the montage yes. it's, it feels very much like a boxing episode. This is like your cowboy romance episode, very you know, yep. this is, um, yeah. just so happens that it's, uh, and this is no offense to any of our listeners from the great state of Texas or any of my great Texan friends, but we wind up in sexist Texas. And, you know, and later episodes this season will also continue that trend, I think, of exploring specific kind of, uh, you know, types um, of settings, and, and this one just happens to be our, our, our cowboy western romance yeah. sort of thing. So basically, in the first few minutes, we we get set up with with the plot is that Chance really wants Tess to get married, mm-hmm. but she doesn't feel like any of the men on the Riata are up to are up to snuff. Yeah, and and, and so she throws out the thing: if any man can out cowboy me, I will marry him. And there's this one moment she's like, "Do you want me to this guy? This guy, Zeke." Yeah. And we cut over this guy for some inexplicable reason. He's in slow motion <laughs> looking up from... Uh, and, and, and Betsy, my wife, pointed out, like, he's, like, standing, like, squarely in between two horses' asses. <laughs> and it's, like, the slow motion shot. He's got the big cowboy mustache. No, not Zeke. No. no. Or Wayne. We're introduced to him. Wayne. Wayne. Yes, Wayne. Wayne. Uh, it's interesting, though, the, the actress who plays um, Tess... Is uh, her name is Carrie Lizer? Mm-hmm. That is correct. And she went on to be, if not the creator, she was one of the executive producers of Will and Grace. That is indeed correct. No Later way. On. So I am sure she is doing very well right now, assuming that she is part of the Will and Grace reboot. Not reboot, well, but but reunion. Series if not residuals, man. Yeah, residuals, right. Yes. Whatever that. Yeah, I don't see her listed on. I, I just, I just took a quick look at IMDb. I don't see her listed for the new show, but it could just be that they don't have that up yet. I don't oh, know. For sure. Uh, or her, or her particular. She actually, oddly enough, she was also uh, an actor in the show. She played the character of Connie, so she was in about six or seven episodes of the show as well as being a producer. That's interesting. Yeah, and it's also interesting to note um, Tess not in any way at all her physical appearance, but her demeanor, her 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 tomboyishness. And the quality of her voice, she very much reminds me of a girl I had a crush on all through high school. Oh my gosh. You know where I know her from? Mm. Matlock. 
That's insane. That, that she, was, she was in a that season shit. of Matlock. Yeah, I'll be darned. Uh, that's, I probably caught her on some rerun. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> on some rerun. That was, was, look, in my household, you watched Matlock, you watched Perry Mason movies, and you watched Murder, She Wrote. Absolutely. I mean, when, I, I, uh, <laughs> when I was younger, that was probably in high school at the time, there was a local affiliate somewhere around in my tri-state area, because I grew up in southern Illinois, like very close to the borders of Indiana and Kentucky. Oh, yeah. There was a commercial that I get the feeling it was, it, it just aired locally. Like, it, it, this is not something you would have seen on a, uh, on a national level. The commercial was just this old man sitting in a rocking chair, looking really grumpy, just rocking back and forth, and it keeps cutting to the... So, like, you in 30 yeah. years. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Got it. It, it, keep, it, keeps, it keeps creeping up on 4 o'clock on this clock, and it finally hits 4 o'clock, and the guy leans forward, he goes, Matt Locke! <laughs> wow. Wow. And that, and that was the commercial for Matt Locke in my... And indicative and, of their entire audience. And my pretty much. Yeah, well, yeah. No, it wasn't, it wasn't me. No, okay. It was, you know, um, mm. it was the family. Uh, uh, absolutely. So let's, you know, real, real quick, since we are talking about uh, the other actors, uh, mm-hmm. Lance Legault, who plays Chance, yes. mm-hmm. uh, actually had quite the career in Hollywood. Did All over the place. Yeah. And was in no less than four Elvis Presley movies. Um yeah, yeah, he was, uh, which is funny because before the, the taping began, <laughs> we were talking yeah. some music stuff and we actually were talking a little bit about all this, but mm-hmm. yeah, he was in Girls, 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 Kissin' Cousins, Viva Las Vegas, and Roustabout, um, wow. and uh, he was also in a number of television programs, the A-Team, Magnum P.I., mm-hmm. uh, Wonder Woman, Gunsmoke, Battlestar Galactica, etc. So he had, I mean, he had quite the career, um, you know, before this episode ever came along, and then I have to mention, just because as, as a kid, not only were we watching Matlock, Perry Mason, and Murder, She Wrote, but my grandfather, who let me misspend my youth many a night renting videos from the video store, and one of my favorite videos as a child, and I know I shouldn't have been watching this as a child, was indeed the film Roadhouse. And Roadhouse... Roadhouse is awesome! As one of the, as one of the antagonists uh, starred Marshall R. Teague, who That's plays amazing. Wayne... And uh, Wayne was uh, Jimmy Reno in, in, in Roadhouse. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Who has I'm, the climactic... I'm well, I, hitting I, myself for not making that connection. <laughs> I, will, right I will see your Roadhouse, and I will tell you that when I was a kid, my dad did not care what was on TV around us kids. I will see your Roadhouse, and I will raise you a Porky's. Wow. I, wow. I saw Porky's when I was... Way too much. I mean, I you know, to be fair, I probably talking about could have a lack of feminism in uh, <laughs> no 80s media. Joke. Well, you know, and that thank you for bringing us on top. <laughs> so, so, um, so, so speaking of, of of chance, we're introduced to the idea that uh, so if any man on the farm can out cowboy Tess, she will marry him. But she says, "I get to pick," and she looks around, and at this point, just conveniently. Uh, Sam is struggling to to contain the baby piglet, and so she yeah. comes over and yes. she's like, "I pick Doc." Yeah. And at first, Chance protests. She's like, "You said I could pick any man, and that's the man I pick." And so he goes over, and uh, and very matter of factly, he throws out like, "Hey, are you up for it?" Yeah. You know, our cowboy and and whatever, and and Sam's like, "You got to be joking." And I fr- mean, yeah. And he and he throws out this line, "This is Texas, son. We don't joke about our land, women, or our livestock." And at this point, Bensy shouted out, property! Yeah. Those are all property! Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, the fact that she has to, feels like she has to make this 
consolation at all, like just to be like, oh, fine, I will pick one of these guys if they're better at doing all of these things than me. No, why can't she just run the ranch herself? Like, yeah. I don't understand. Well, I mean, I guess this is 56 Texas, and even, mm-hmm. you know, 2017 Texas, uh, some yes. women might have some issues with that with their fathers, but I hope not, ladies, run your ranches. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but 56 Texas for sure. Um, but no, like why, why? I'm really glad you said that. And for, for a couple of reasons, because I think that it is important. And one of the things that we are trying to do in spite of having our 2017 lens and both of us admittedly being Mm -hmm. fairly liberal and, 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 you know, not necessarily agreeing with some of the things that happened in this episode, uh, or, or other episodes for that matter. Uh, it is important to us. And I think hopefully to the listenership that we try to place these episodes in oh, the context of their time. Time and place fully. I mean, not only is it 56, it's 80... 89. Nine. Yeah, right. So, you know, not a whole lot of great strides even then. No, I mean, we're, we're talking about a time period <laughs> like, where, like, like let's, let's look at, you know, and I mean, the term gets thrown around so much these days, so I hesitate to even use it, but let's take a look at strong female characters, mm-hmm. and let's think about at that particular point in time, oh. a strong female character you had was somebody like Murphy Brown, yep. and think about how Murphy Brown and Candace Bergen and that show got damn near, like, you know, I mean, the show... It was a little bit after that when these events happened, but I think the show started airing in like eighty nine or ninety somewhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. B- but, uh, Bush, uh, Bush, the first presidency. Yeah, yeah. so it was somewhere, Scott somewhere Bakula between. Was a love interest of Murphy. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. Later, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Up. So, so this isn't entirely a tangent, um, but yeah. yeah, it's interesting to think that here we have this great example of of a strong female character in the mm-hmm. you know early 90s, we'll say, and got derided so much for the choices that were being made about the character, in particular the pregnancy and and the single motherhood and Mm -hmm. all that sort of stuff, which again does come a little bit after this episode aired. That being said, here we are with a character who I think the writers and the production team could have probably identified as being the strong female character. Oh, totally. And yet, one of the first things that comes out of her mouth is how she doesn't want to act like a woman. Yeah. And it's like, why is it that acting like a woman has to be contrary to riding a horse, to doing all of these things that mm-hmm. would make her a strong rancher? And that's where all of a sudden it starts to fall apart for me, mm-hmm. from my point of view. It's like, alright, sure, maybe she's a strong female character, but you just said that she doesn't want to be like a woman, so now really what is she? Right. So that was definitely one, of, and that happens like in that very first scene. Uh-huh. You know, she says that line about not wanting to act like a woman, and it's uh-huh. like, okay, well, where do we go from here then? Well, this is where we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we we go to the Doc's place because we have this moment where, yeah, uh, because Sam is kind of stuttering over himself. The ranchers think that the entire. Uh, herd, that's the right word, uh, sty of pigs yeah. is sick, yes. so that they have to shoot them all. He's like, no, 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 no. Oh, yeah, I, cholera. I, 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 yeah, yeah. Pig, cholera. pig cholera. Pig cholera. Like, I want to take, take the pig home. I want, I want, to, I want to investigate, and then, and then I'll come back. And so he, uh, and so he drives home. Piggy. Uh, Piggy to his home. home. Yes. Uh, when he, this is a nice monologue where, like, the start of every leap is, like, the song of dance of him trying to figure out, like, who he, yeah. is and where he lives, and luckily... He it helps to set a tone box. Yeah. Right. for the series in general, not just this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so he pulls up to uh, to this young man. <laughs> playing, playing guitar. Playing guitar. To his goat. Yes. And so, that's <laughs> He's writing a song yeah, to a goat. Yeah. All she does is buy it. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. And it, we were talking about this during the preview episode. Uh, one of the first times I stumbled on this series was on the last scene of this episode. 
Oh, wow. So yeah. the twist at the end of the episode was already... It was ruined for you. It was already spoiled at the me. Fact- so, yeah, so I've never seen yeah. this episode in the context of trying to figure out who this... Yeah. Uh, ...of who this kid is. I think I saw the episode so early. I mean, like I said, I was, I was like, not... I was seven years old when I first watched this episode. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching it, and I remember certain bits of it, but ultimately... Because, you know, the the type of things that stick with you mm-hmm. are that. And yeah. we'll talk more about it later, obviously. But, yeah, I, I think that I've never had the luxury of watching it that way either, really. Except mm-hmm. for when I was seven. But because it's such a distant memory, I don't even really remember the quality of watching oh, it. Oh, yeah. Not know you it, can't you know? trust mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. But it's so obviously Buddy Holly, though. Right. So right. obviously. Yeah, I know. I the, the glasses, the voice. I mean, and it's the, cute. Yeah. It's yeah. super cute. It's mm-hmm. super cute. It is. And, 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 you know, and you see him, and you're like, oh, that's cute. And you have this little, like, Buddy Holly cameo in this episode, and right. you don't even realize that the main plot is a giant red herring for... Yeah. hmm That's Absolutely. right. Yeah. yeah. And they do that, uh, to not give spoilers away, they do that later with a third season episode where Sam is interacting with this character the entire episode, and at the end, you turn out like he, he gives this big influence to, to someone later on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I mean, and I think that the nice thing about that is that it also gives us a, a window into the fact that, and, and this is a cool thing, Ziggy is unreliable. Absolutely. Yes. And that it's, is is nice. They still haven't figured out what Ziggy's role is. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. but I think it's okay, because it's like Ziggy can tell Sam to do something, and when Sam questions it, it's okay that he questions it. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not this idea, which is, it plays into the dramatic tension, because it's not this idea that everything's going to be planned out from the get-go. It's yes. not going to be like, you have to do this, this, and this, and everything will be okay. Because where's the fun in that? Mm-hmm. But if instead, it's, you know, Ziggy thinks you need to do this, and it turns out to be something entirely different. All right. All right. Well, maybe we don't know what's going to happen. Rolling. Like, it could be this, but maybe it's not. Maybe. Yeah. Speaking of Ziggy, we get Al. Al, but before that, there's a, there's a mm. nice little moment where uh, Sam, not knowing this young man's name, he keeps calling him Pard. Pard. And every time yes. he says Pard, the dog barks. Yes. And, and the boy is just like, what? Like. He, he, he just has this forlorn look of like, why are you, why are you treating me like yeah. that? And then you find out that the dog's name is Poor Pard. Buddy. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, absolutely. The, the, we, we find out that the dog's name is Pard because Buddy is like, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah. The boy. Mm-hmm. The boy, yeah. yeah. But then we meet Al mm-hmm. and, and Al's storyline for this one. Because early on in these early episodes, like we, we got to have Al's story. And in this oh, one. Oh, God. Uh, but before that, wait. Time out real quick before that. The this animals. Is, yes, this is an important, yes. Yes. important coming later. Claire, take it over. Uh, animals can see Al. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Animals can see Al. Um, I I forget if there's any sort of scientific explanation for that anywhere else in the series, but we can just leave it for you know suspension of disbelief. Yeah. At this point. Uh, I they, think it has to do with the touch, fact that yeah, it happens in the pilot. A dog can see him, and, and, yeah. and they don't they don't explain it. But they talk about it a little bit later too, because there are other characters that can see him as well. And I think what it has to do is that there's a certain development, I guess, that the you know sort of their 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 reasoning behind sure. it is there's a certain development that happens in the brain that you, as people get older and uh, more developed, etc., etc. If you're in a pure mental state, yeah. Oh, you, that's right. It's like you, the, you can see Al, yeah, and in very much that and, way. Al is very similar to Pennywise the Clown. For me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Number one movie. Oh, yes. timely. Yes. Uh, anyway, so <laughs> yeah, so in Al's first appearance, animals can see him, and he is very worked up because Tina is cheating on him. 
with this, someone. Yeah, with and someone. He, and he wants to know like, if Sam... And so... All the feminist what's interesting, in uh, this episode. Yeah, and this is a very nerdery thing. Once again, says a guy co-hosting a Quantum Leap podcast. <laughs> um, it is very clear that Sam is supposed to know Tina. Right. Uh, the woman introduced in the pilot, yes. we don't get her name, but from the credits at the end of the episode of the pilot... Is Tina. Is Tina. Right. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, that woman was a Tina... But not the Tina that is talked about through the rest of the series. Fan theory. Do it. To be they thrown out the window. Were they doing some weird role play? I, yeah, on the side of the road. Maybe they were doing some sort of weird role play, which would explain the stilted dialogue that they have. <laughs> which is stilted. Come on, it's stilted. It's stilted. It sounds bad. It just it does. But, um, but but they hang on to that role play. They do even hang on to it. That's true. They, they get word if that, she got that in the, if stuff's she, going down. That's true. If she got in the car and then relaxed a bit, then that theory and, would and, hold together better. Not to give, but everything that happens before she gets in the car could be role play. Could yeah. be role play. But uh, <laughs> I think major spoilers away when we see Tina later in the series, played by a different actress mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. acts in an entirely different way. Mm-hmm. Which you know, hey, maybe Al's just got a thing for Tina's. Maybe. But anyway, uh, <laughs> Tina is cheating on Al with somebody. With someone. We don't know who yet. And he's very worked up. And he is so confused, he is questioning Sam about this. Which leads me to my Al line of the episode. Mm-hmm. Because I just didn't have many choices, but this one seemed fun. Have you ever seen Tina's tattoo? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> because in, in talking about the cheating, he says something about how she's got this tattoo, but it's in a place that, you know, mm-hmm. you can't see. And, uh, and so he asks Sam this question because he suspects that it could well, be he Sam. He says it very possessively. Yeah. He does. He rem- yeah. And I jotted this down. I don't know if my friend John will listen to the podcast, but this whole thing at the beginning where Al sets up this thing, and I can't remember the dialogue exactly, but it's very clear that Al thinks it's just unbelievable that Tina would cheat on him, but it's perfectly okay it's for him to cheat on him. Reminds me of my friend John from 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 childhood and the way he was in high school and college. Like, well, very much, very the, the very same. I hope you grew up, John. Very, very right? much the same. He did grow up because he got a wife who does not put up with that shit. See, and uh, here, you know, but you raise a very good point because I do think that you know, I mean, talking sexual politics and etc. The, the 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 thing is, is that. There is absolutely the notion that a man... I mean, watch Mad Men, for God's sake. Oh, yeah. There's Mm -hmm. this notion that has been cultivated that a man can sleep with whoever he wants... And then if he, you know, zones in on that one woman, that's his woman, that she's his woman and that's all there is to it. But he still gets to go around and do whatever he wants to do. But she has to stay true. The thing that's surprising about this, and I'm not saying that, you know, Al shouldn't be this way or whatever. It, It makes for an interesting scene. But I will say that based on everything else that we know about Al up to this point, and especially based on the things we get to know about him later, I am a little surprised that he's not a little bit more free with the idea that it's like, nah, this thing happened. Exactly. It kind of surprises me that I, he's as possessive as he is. That's I don't know. Especially because... Especially in Starcross, he sets Tina... He has Tina sleep with someone exactly. else. Exactly. So he can blackmail Or at the person. very least, oh get caught gosh, in a compromising situation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, so it's it, it, yeah. It, it surprises me that he's as upset as he is. Um, I mean, maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. Love makes you do the wacky. Quarter <laughs> of the episode. Ain't that the love truth? Makes you do the wacky. Um, oh, sorry, so I anyway. thought I was on a Buffy podcast for a second. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, I love so, it. Uh, so in this episode, all seven is. seasons are right in that book <laughs> behind you, <laughs> and all five seasons of Angel as well. <laughs> oh 
but if we want to talk about sexual politics and Joss Whedon, I think we should leave that for another Ooh. can of worms. To be yeah. fair, if we were talking about it like 12 months ago, it would be an entirely different conversation yeah. than it would be now. Anyway, back to Al's philandering and jealousy. Philandering. We, we, we did throw out the interesting name, Ike Bettenhoff. What a great name. Like, yes, exactly. <laughs> like, he expects, uh, he suspects that maybe that's the person that Tina is cheating with. And apparently Ike works in uh, somewhere involving the Energizing Chamber, which we never get an explanation of what the Energizing Chamber is. Yeah. Ike Bettenhoff the Energizer. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I, almost, I almost wonder if it's something that's connected to the Accelerator, you know what I mean? The, something. Yeah. yeah, something like that. I don't know. Who knows? But yeah. Um, what's next? But in this first scene, um, uh, Ziggy throws out, or Al throws out, and this is a, a side trivia note. Mm-hmm. This is the first episode in the series where the Handlink makes sound effects. Yeah, and, yeah. and the Handlink was pulled from Hanna Barbera, Hanna, uh, like a Hanna bon, Hanna Barbera uh, stockpile of of sound effects. Yeah, I love it. Uh, but anyway, uh, Ziggy's first hypothesis is that there's a seventy-two percent chance that Sam is here to, to cure the pig. Which is which is what Sam wants it to be. Yeah, Sam yes. is hoping that that's what it is because yeah. he didn't want to. He didn't want anything to do with this contest. Yeah, but in a way, Ziggy is not entirely wrong in that probability. I, I mean, I, no, that's a very that's good like point. some that's like some because, maybe not really foreshadowing. And we, well, I mean, and we learned from future episodes like the the baseball part of the pilot and another future episode like sometimes Sam leaps in to do just really simple. Yeah, but look, Sorry. but even look at the pilot episode, and it's weird because we know that Tom originally dies in the plane crash, mm-hmm. and that by virtue of Tom living, that Sam's still there, and that Sam has to then go on to save the baby yes. before he's successful. Mm-hmm. So you're right, Claire. Like the pig, like if he didn't save that pig, there you go. The ending as we know it, which we'll get to later, mm-hmm. ain't gonna happen. So yeah. I think that it is interesting that, that, that there is that probability that, oh, it's got to do with the pig, mm-hmm. and instead, this other theory is thrown out. This other thing <laughs> pops up. So we, fi- we find out through this, uh, through their conversation, Sam and Al talk about Tess, and Ziggy throws out another prediction that there's a 97% chance that someone who has been sending love letters to Tess will marry, marry her. her. And it turns out that, that Doc... Mm-hmm. Daniel has not been sending love letters, but he has He's been writing a diary, journaling pro- like ju- journaling like hell, uh, professing his mm-hmm. love for. For yeah. Tess and like Sam's like well like like he's not sending him it's whatever and Sam's like no right. no you got to face Ow, it yeah. and there's like this like this nice little moment like you're here to marry this cowboy girl cowgirl rancher rancher yeah <laughs> she's a rancher mm-hmm. she she is indeed. Um, yeah, I you know to be completely honest with you, at this particular point, I had not. Other than, um, well, oh no, there were a couple of notes that I took in this scene. I take it all back. I thought <laughs> eh, I didn't take, I didn't, I didn't write a lot of notes, but I did. Um, so uh, obviously, there's some stuff affecting his brain. We know because he can't remember who some of these people are that Al's talking about. For sure. Yeah. Um, and 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 the one, oh another funny line that I really enjoyed and the way that Bacula played it was perfect is when he looks at Al and he's like. Tina's cheating on you. Boggles the mind. Yeah, yes, it's, yeah. like it's a really, it's a really well done moment for comedy's sake. Yes, um, early on in the series, Sam threw some serious shade at. Oh for yeah, real. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that was that. I mean, I guess that that was really the big note that we hadn't talked about that I that I wanted to point out that line because I did think it was it was amusing. Um, but yeah, so now we're set up that he's got to marry mm-hmm. this 
you know, yeah. win, the, win this girl's hand <laughs> you want to leave out. The, the yeah. So Sam shows back up at the ranch, and I assume it's the same day. It's not clear. Yeah. Um, oh, no, it's actually, you know, I will say this. The uh, the Quantum Leap Wikia says it is the next day. The next day? Okay. okay. But who knows? Maybe it's not. That's just what the wiki says. Well, okay. So anyway, so he shows up later that day or next day, and they think he's here to to, to basically give a decision on whether or not the the pay is okay, right. or whether or not they need Hog to Hog cholera. Hog <laughs> cholera. But uh, no, he, he's here to, to, to take her up on the contest, and the first thing that he needs to do is break a horse. Break a horse? Yeah. Or ride a horse, or whatever. Well... Yeah. Uh, and so Wayne sets him up with uh, Widowmaker. Yeah. Who we don't know... Wid- we don't know the name. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say. He, he just no. very confidently jumps on the horse, and, yeah. and the horse eats Sam's lunch. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. And then Wayne, of course, you know, gets a good kick out of it. And, that, and that's when Tess walks over and is like, no one's ever ridden Widowmaker besides like, me. Yeah. What a horrible name for a horse. Yeah. I feel so bad for that horse. <laughs> and yet at the same time, it's a very much a cliche of the genre. Oh, I like know. Western, yeah. right? I mean, oh, no. Yeah. But, but yeah. It, 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 it's one of those things that it's just kind of like, okay, we're, we're checking off the boxes well, here. Then, as far yeah, as this, this is where the genre goes. Much a cowboy. Yeah. Which is interesting in a way because the last scene, I feel like, is not. The last scene is Quantum Leap. This mm-hmm. scene and the very scenes much. that follow are checking off the genre. The episodic, you know? the television. Yeah. Interesting, to go True. back before he jumps onto Widowmaker, there's this moment where Sam has a, a voiceover monologue. Like, oh, tell my his dad. Like, my dad always taught me, yep. blah, blah, blah. And they did the same thing with the pilot, and I thought early on, maybe that this was going to be a, a thing, a thing a, like mm-hmm. a running trope throughout the series. And I was watching, I was like, Thank God they got rid of this trope. Yeah. It would have gotten, well, it gotten oh, a little tired. Well, also, because it seemed like his dad was wrong a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whatever. And this is, uh, my, uh, uh, my ex-wife was very much in the horse world. Yeah. And my entire idea about how you break a horse was very much steeped in stuff like in this scene mm. right here. and stuff that I saw on you know, Bonanza and other old westerns like that. Yeah. And, and in my relationship with her, like I learned like this is not... Yeah, strangely enough... Uh, this is not how you train horses. No, at all. That's a little. Yeah, uh, I know. I know nothing about horses, but other than like they frighten me. Yeah, they're I know. Just large. They're beautiful. I love them. I'm not yeah. anti-horse by any stretch of the imagination, mm-hmm. internet world. Um, but you know, I have a fear of heights, and even eight feet up is. It's not even eight feet. Whatever. Sure, but it could be. They sometimes, sometimes it's like six feet. Sometimes you're right. up there and you're like, yeah, wait. And plus, you know, yeah, yeah. No, I, I totally get it. And I just I, want to hug and pet them. And that's mm-hmm. about it. I, I rode horses for the first time a couple of years ago, actually. And uh, I'd always love them. Just like, you know, I thought they think still think that they're incredibly beautiful creatures. And um, I remember going up to do the horseback riding with my then girlfriend, now wife. And... Uh, as we were standing there getting ready to ride the horses, all of a sudden I feel something on my shoulder and this nuzzling against my neck. Aww. And the horse that I'm going to ride has just walked right up to me and started like nuzzling. Oh, that's me. a great sign. And it, yeah, it relaxed me completely. I'm laughing. Like the, the, the horse trainer at first was just sort of like, ah, and I was like, no, this is this is great. I feel good now. Right? And, I, and I got on the horse and the funny thing is the horse kind of just did all the war. I didn't do anything. Awesome. And a couple a of times, horse. a couple of times, like the, the lead guy, like every once in a while, he'd be like, Oh, you can, you know, you can slow him down if you need to. And I was like, he's the gas, man. I don't need to be the brakes. Like, yeah. I'm, gonna, like I'm just gonna let him do what he wants to do. We're having a good time. Um, but I totally get it. And it, it you know, it, it's interesting to see an episode like this where the horses are involved in knowing a little bit about just, you know, having read stuff and seen like documentaries about the, what goes into 
actors and horses and, Mm -hmm. you know, on television and films and all of that sort of stuff. And the connection that a lot of times that the actors or the trainers will develop with the horses. It's like Lord of the Rings, you know, I mean, to the point where Viggo Mortensen actually bought the horse that he rode in all the films because... What a connection. Yeah, he had such a connection with the horse. He's like, I... Mm. No, this horse is not just going right? back to wherever. Like, it's, Okay, yeah. since you brought up Lord of the Rings, I'm going to write <laughs> one little note here. So Mike Post, who writes all the music, or composes the music for the show, yeah. totally wrote uh, a theme from The Shire um, before Howard Shore did... Um, the Sweet Family poem. The yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's oh in this episode. God, it's in, absolutely right. Like, in this episode, and I realize, like, in this day and age, it's all derivative, and I, you know, I'm a musician, and I and I, I totally understand how hard it is to write things, but, like, I was like, Mike Post, you totally no, wrote a, 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 no, stuff. Yeah, but a lot of his stuff, like, listen to the Thank quantum you. It was just yeah. a little, no, yeah, that's... Yeah. Like, I just... Like, that this, that is, like, this is a bit of a nerdy so music So many episode. pieces in my yeah. brain. Like, makes so much sense to me right now. This is so nerdy, says the people hosting the Quantum Leap. But, yeah, like Mike, Mike Post stuff, like listen to the Quantum Leap theme, the the original theme to Law and Order, yeah, and oh the theme, yeah, and, and the theme to Doobie Hauser, yeah, all that, all in the same. They are you all, know? they are all, yeah. Minus the, the, the sexy saxophone in. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's it. the same thing with somebody like John Williams. You know, you listen oh, to yeah. Star Wars, you listen oh, to yeah. Superman. You, you know what I mean? Like, sure. it, it well, all. Harry, the, the theme from Harry Potter is just the Imperial March inverted, basically. Yeah. Is anyway, but yes, um, let that blow your mind for a second. Right? Um, um, so, uh, it's, we, we anyway, so, so speaking of horses, the only actor in this episode who was actually comfortable with horses before the film was this episode was the actor who played Wayne. Ah. And and everybody Word. else and everybody else pretty much had to rely on the horse wranglers to help mm. keep them keep the animals in control. Right? Interesting. Um, so anyway, so we have this moment of, of Sam gets thrown and Tess says, Nobody's ridden Widowmaker but me and Wayne comes up and he's had this moment like, Hope you don't mind a little cowboy humor. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Hope you don't mind some <sighs> cowboy attempted murder. Murder, like. yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, maybe man, manslaughter too, but uh, yeah. still. Uh, and then, but then we come to the scene of them trying to rope calves, and this is just this is where I feel like we talked about before, like uh, one of the moments in the early part of the series where they really dive into the genre. We need a montage. Yeah, yeah. There's, yeah there's just some really pretty camera work. Yeah, oh, quite absolutely, yeah, absolutely. In this episode. Um, I, you know, honestly, it makes me wonder too the exact filming location. Because while I while I will, you know, firmly admit to ignorance about the entire landscape, it, it doesn't necessarily look like Texas the entire time because some of the hills it's and the you know. But it feels. California. I'm sure, but I would be I curious as to the specific like location, you know, in yeah. the area. Um, I don't think they went shooting on location anywhere at all. Yeah. I mean, do they even have the money? No, I I do remember uh, a side note seeing this was like on on some nerd videotape that I got from like some Quantum Leap collector site like way back in the day. But they had big ambitions for the series early on and uh, before they they realized the realities of struggling with the budget, they did want to do a lot of on-location shooting. Yeah. Yeah. for for the series and travel around the country, and then obviously it was something that really never really came to came to happen. And we talked about this in the last episode, like the Doc's house in this episode is the same house from Starcrossed, right? Just heavily redressed, right? And and shot from different angles. 
Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's interesting too, to think about, we, we talked about this with the pilot episode about how some television shows, you know, they'll have their pilot, they'll have some sets and then things will change for the rest of the show. Obviously this being an anthology series, it's a little bit different with that. But mm-hmm. at the same time, the fact that they were like recycling a lot of the stuff and not getting to do some of the on location shooting that maybe they had dreamed of or wanted to do, uh, you know, there was talk obviously of going to Hawaii for a Magnum PI episode sure. and like all that sort of stuff. Um, it, it's interesting to think of what popped into my head for some reason was scrubs and in the pilot episode of scrubs they use this downright frightening hospital stand-in that is not the same hospital for the rest <laughs> of the series um oh, and, and and you know and it's one of those things where sometimes you know a television show gets picked up budget you know they get yeah. a little more money and they make things look better and they make things look different and, sure. and you know and, and you just buy into it and it's like okay sure that's still sacred heart or whatever but uh yeah in quantum leap it was it was almost by virtue of having to have a different thing every single time they almost had less money and had to scramble to kind of make it work in a way you know this mm-hmm. isn't like this isn't like star trek where you get your bridge set right and in that's the uniforms mm-hmm. and right. yeah yeah and your monochrome set yeah. or whatever yeah for the different plans that they this is on. different costumes all the time right. and, uh, and yes, period costumes let's talk about those western shirts because i love them so <laughs> much it's like aside from the pig my favorite thing about this episode is yeah. all the western shirts you, I, the snaps like, just, right. it's amazing. Well, and, you know, we didn't really talk a whole lot about this. We talk about Al's costume sometimes. We don't talk about some of the stuff Sam's wearing. But even going back to, like, Star-Crossed and, and A Right Hand of God, like, the, some of the stuff that they're wearing, like, these 70s-era, oh, the bell-bottoms, yeah, the collars, the jackets. I, I, I made a note from uh, from The Right Hand of God. Yeah. There was just one scene where he's, like, in these, like, checkered bell-bottoms. Yeah, right. And, yeah. So it's... His- yeah. The, 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 obviously, the visual presentation of the costumes is very well done, and 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 for the most part, it, it just feels right to, to whatever they're supposed to be. So I think that that's something that the production team obviously does well uh, when they're nailing things down as far as the you know the look uh, of these characters and what they're wearing. And, and yeah, in this episode, those shirts. I love them so much. The yeah. like the chaps, the whole like when he when he rides Widowmaker uh, the second time, um, and it, I'm just that outfit. I'm just like, yep. That's a win. We'll yeah. take that. We'll take that outfit. Times ten. Which is also funny when we get to the end of the episode and talking about his look and imagining him in those costumes. Right, exactly. Scott Bakula looks perfect in those Oh outfits. my Scott gosh, Bakula yes. works, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, the hair and all that. Okay, so being, a, a, you know, a, a, a woman that appreciates a, a good-looking man, let's we'll say that. <laughs> um, I, I love Scott Bakula as an 80s... I don't want to say sex symbol because that just sounds too shallow. But <laughs> he he's a guy that, not like now where, you know, you get these, like, kids now that are just, they're just muscle, 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 muscle upon muscle. Yes. Mm-hmm. Scott Bakula looks like a dude that eats right and works out. Yeah. He, like, that's it. He looks like a normal person could achieve his level of sexiness. Exactly. And I miss that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I so miss that. That's funny. Like, I made uh, a post on... Uh, Facebook last week because like I was watching a lot of episodes in preparation for this and the 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 season premiere of Outlander came on <laughs> which I also and, watch and love yeah but... <laughs> and, 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 and someone made a comment comparing Jamie on that show yeah. versus Scott Bakula yeah. and uh, I looked it up and I couldn't find the article uh, online when I looked it up this time but a couple years ago there was an article that came out that pointed out like 20 years ago like Scott Bakula or someone like Scott Bakula was the definition of hot for men in Hollywood, like right. just because right. like he he ate right and worked out, yeah. and that was simple enough. But they specifically in this article they called out Quantum Leap era Scott Bakula yes. as someone who was considered hot in that era, 
and who now simply would not cut it. Which is well for, for men's it. Hollywood standards it's these days. Funny that we bring this up because in the October 1989 uh, uh, issue of TV Guide, or yes. one of the uh, issues of TV Guide in October, they uh, named him one of the sexiest men on television. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and and this is you know October 89, so you got to figure the second season has just started, um, and they're talking about him being one of the sexiest men on television. Flash forward, funny story is apparently they still consider him to be one of the sexiest men on television with NCIS New Orleans. That's yeah. Oh, uh, it's funny. I was talking to my friend. Uh, uh, I did not even know that was a thing. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, I, I was. I was talking. <laughs> wow. I was talking to my friend Erin uh, last night, who she is not a huge Quantum Leap fan. She is just a, a fan of Scott Bakula in oh, general. Yeah. Mm. To the point, she has named her gray 2012. Uh, Kia Sport Rio, I think. She has named that vehicle Scott Bakula. Oh my gosh. Uh, a lot because it's a silver. Yes. He is now a silver uh, fox. Yeah. Well, yeah. and he, you know, to, to, to get us back on point a little, he does spend quite a bit of this episode shirtless. Oh, the post <laughs> The post <laughs> holding for yeah. days. Yeah. 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 Uh, but, Sweaty, anyway, but, but isn't yeah, that reflecting? Like, but he's you know. been shirtless in almost every episode, right? He, like, you know, he. I, isn't that like a contractual thing? Like I don't know. Uh, he gets it. Yeah, he gets there. There are. Yeah, he's not a Captain Kirk levels, but he gets there. No, right, and, right. and I mean, and whatever. For the most part, I feel like it's not really gratuitous. Like no, it's like, right. yeah, you know, he's post holing. It's mm-hmm. hot. Whatever. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's the thing too. It does drive home the fact that in that particular scene that we're talking about, it is very hot outside. Yes. Um. You, you know. So they're 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 back in that sound logic. It's not. Let's just get a man. Topless and sweaty. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, bring us back onto the, Yeah, <laughs> We're jumping ahead. Yeah, to bring us back onto the plot. So the, the next shot, they are out calf roping. Mm-hmm. Yes. And we, and we have this scene where, where Wayne questions Doc. I'm like, do you, do you dally? Do you whatever? Do you, you know, yeah. tie, tie the rope around the horns? And we also get this bit of advice between Chance and Doc of like, you're screwing up because like you keep like going off and chasing whichever calf is closest to you. you got to pick one and stay on it. So between those two bits of advice, Sam finally ropes a calf, but he hurts, hurts himself wrapping the rope around the around the saddle horn. And we get this moment between Wayne and Tess, where she's like, did you tell him to like, lift the thumb up? And he's like, no. And she's like, you know, he's going to rip his thumb off. He's like, do you want to win this contest or not? Yeah. And so, and then that's when Sam hurts himself, starts screaming. And does the oldest trick. And does the oldest in, trick. The oldest yeah, dad trick the, in the uh, book. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. It's a total dad the, like, trick. The, like, like the dad trick, the the reveal of the, yes. uh, I'll have to grow. Which you just did perfectly, by the way. Yes, That's yes. Wow, you have practiced. Yes. See? Yeah, I did this a lot when I, in my childhood. Dennis, yeah. good with the dad tricks. Yeah, yeah. right. The, well, I have a son with his son, so I gotta get used to him. And so this is a moment where I, I wonder if, like, if somewhere in Sam's wish she's mind, he had some memory of roping... Or it was like a little mind merging with Doc. Like I question whether or not if Sam even actually hurt his thumb in this scene, or if he was playing a joke on. I think it was a joke. Uh, yeah. I think it was a clever. Yeah. You know. Like he knew what was up, and he was playing a joke on Wayne. Yeah. For himself. Yeah. I, yeah. You you get the idea too because he 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 echoes the cowboy humor line to Wayne um, that you almost wonder if it's inferred that again Wayne gave him some advice that was bad advice. And he did the opposite this time, or sure. you know, something like that. Or maybe he did know how to do it. I don't get the idea, though, that in Elkridge, Indiana, there's a lot of calf roping going on. So, well, I'm I, sure, like, you know. like, like <laughs> he had done a lot of calf roping, but he had read somewhere, like, it's right? Like he yeah. Knew yeah, somewhere yeah. in his mind. Uh, but at the end of the scene, we do get a nice moment when he says, "Like, hey, don't mind a little cowboy humor," mm-hmm. and he gets a one-up on Wayne. Him and Tess share this nice little 
moment. Yeah. Where they just like look at you, look at each other and laugh and just like this cute little bonding moment where you get this like, oh, but they may, they may actually work out. Right. It's, it, well, it's interesting too, because thinking about some of the stuff that Tess says in the, you know, the very beginning of the episode, uh, you, you almost wonder if she's ever even really noticed any of these other guys that are around, including Wayne, who seems to be friendly enough with her. Yeah. You know, to write up to her and be like, hey, you want to win this contest? You know, all this sort of stuff. Like, Well, I, th- I see it as almost a familial. I know. Like, right? she's like, these are all, like, these guys I grew up with, and yeah, technically they work for us, but they all, like, they all kind of, do they live there? Like, I mean, or oh, nearby? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what, it's like, how many acres? I mean, it's something ridiculous. Yeah. They, like, they do throw it out there somewhere. 50 acres or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, which is a giant plot of land. Um, but I mean, it's Texas, so whatever. Yeah. Um, That's right. They got lots of land. But no, I, I, I get the impression that she, she sees none of these people as romantic, um, Mm -hmm. options or, or, or whether or not she's even thought of romance. Romance. Yeah, exactly. Like I see her as a very like ranch driven. She loves her animals. She loves her dad. Obviously. She loves chance a whole lot. And she, this is her life, and she just wants to continue doing this, so why do I have to add somebody else to it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, my life is already great. What are you messing with me for? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I don't know. Well, I think that it's interesting that you bring up the familial thing, because I do sometimes look at the relationship she has with Wayne, and it's clear that, it is clear that Wayne is interested in her. Yes. But at the same time, I think that she does almost see him more as, um, uh, like, a brother, you know? Mm-hmm. I think so. Um, and so, it, yeah. Because they're chummy. They're chummy, they exactly. joke around, they work well mm-hmm. together. Right. But there's like no just, flirting no, at all. no. You Not know? even really on his part. Like I said, yeah. I think from his gaze mm-hmm. and from the you know some of the jealous behavior that he's exhibiting, that that you get the sense like, ah, oh, Wayne's interested in Tess. Yeah, there's a part of me that almost wonders if the episode wouldn't have worked just as well if he wasn't. Do you know what I mean? Pa- yeah, like, like right? that the, the, the relationship between the two of them would be kind of fun enough and different enough if there wasn't that interest. Now, obviously, as we'll mm-hmm. talk about how it plays into the finish of the episode, that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's not gonna work. Yeah. But I, I will say there there is a moment back in the first scene where she says like nobody can out cowboy him in this ranch, not even Wayne. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So clearly in the first scene, like she considers Wayne above everybody else. Sure. Oh level, yes, he is yeah. the best that is not her. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, and he and he also looks the most likely too. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you look yes. at the guy, same and age, like, looks. Yeah. Right. Dude, you're you're the cowboy. Here. Right. Like the rest of these guys, you know, maybe they can do certain things, but you could probably do it. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and at the end of the night, you drink half a bottle of whiskey and dance a jig. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, <laughs> or don't because you're they, that dude. They talk later that they don't dance. Right. That's yeah. Exactly. They don't. Uh, no. No time. No time yeah. for dancing. So so now we get back. The next scene, they're they're back at the ranch and. All Sam wants to do is go home and have a bath. Bath. He talks about that bath so much. And it's like, yeah, he mentions ba- he drops bath like at least five times. That's not, like no bath. I want to touch him in a bath. Can, can I bath? have a bath? Bath. Yeah. Bath for Sam? No. No. Um, no. And bath she's for like, Sam. well, no. You gotta. We gotta go in and talk about a about a heifer or a bull or, or something. Yeah. That's Good. part of business. You gotta. You gotta come on out. And he has the line like, "Bonanza was never like this." Yes. <laughs> yeah. 
First of two references. Well, Bonanza, they would have, you know, killed off the romantic interest immediately. So he would have been toast had it been uh, Bonanza, actually, in real life. I don't know. Yeah. I never watched that. My mom always just told me. I watched a lot (laughs) of That's what happens to the romantic interest in Bonanza. Early, yeah. Absolutely. So so now we are at... We're at the bar. So now we're at the bar. Playing poker. Playing poker Play at the poker. bar. Uh, since we're we're on the since we're on the theme of reuse sets, I I'm pretty sure that the bar in this episode is a redressed uh, officer's bar from the pilot episode. Oh, of course oh, it is. Nice. Why yeah. wouldn't it be? Yeah. yeah. Good yeah. eye. Yeah. Very good. Absolutely. So now we are probably the really, same. It's probably know, the same jukebox too. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's 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 fitting, honestly, in a way that Betsy, your wife, Dennis, transposed our faces onto Sam and Al, and that I'm Sam and that you are Al because you are clearly the observer. Yeah, like, <laughs> you you are incredibly more observant than I am. Like I just watched the episode and I'm like, oh, these are the things that are happening. What's and you're like telling me you're like telling me things like, well, this is actually the, from this, this and yeah, that thing did this thing did that thing, and I'm like, uh huh, yeah, sure. Whereas yeah. I'm all wait, that's Hank Williams too, right? Which, yeah. Exactly. It's one of those things, like, exactly. like when I realized that they were u- reusing a lot of sets, it became a game for me. It's like, oh, where Which have I yeah. where 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 have I seen this? Sure, set, sure. Uh, for so they're they're talking about a, a bull that they are trying to sell in mm-hmm. the scene, and that's that's the pretense for the scene. And and Tess has a line: uh, half of my heifers are fighting to get near him, and the other half just sit back and admire his work. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I got nothing. I got. Yeah. I don't even know. <laughs> Just don't even know what to say about that one. I mean, that's. Does that that's, mean they're really intimidated? I mean, that, that, that's that's the outline of this episode. He doesn't even say, yeah, right. Uh, it's just yeah. Put that on a videotape and stuff. That was I don't know. At that point, uh, uh, Betsy was watching the episode with me. Like she, like she feels like the like the writer of this episode like was very much steeped in the culture. Mm. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Cowboy culture. Like she's like it just feels right. Like it feels. Yeah. She no. felt like the writer had like like either done their research really well or had been around. And knowing that the writer people was a woman, it would be very interesting to get inside her brain and find out. Did you write this episode to meet certain expectations that you knew that the male producers, you know, predominantly in the male director, sure. would look at and be like, ah, oh, yeah, that's fun stuff. Let's use that. You know, did you did you write that because it was a parody? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Did, did you write this because you were kind of you know taking off of what you'd seen in other things? You know, or or, or was it just like this is what I'm writing? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like was there, was there something else at work there? What was their motivation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be interesting to know that. I don't know, Deborah. If you're out there, you're listening. Let us know. Let shoot, us know. Shoot us a line. What's yeah. your motivation? At yeah. Fates Wide Wheel on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Dot <laughs> <laughs> nice. com. org. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so this scene, Al shows up. We find out uh, he is still brokenhearted because Tina. Tina's run off with Gushy. Tina's run off with Gushy. Yeah, halitos having mother. That's yes. Mean. <laughs> yes. Uh, and this is also we learn where Tina and Al met. They had actually met in Las Vegas over over a poker table. Yeah, he had a flush. He had a flush. He had a pair. Yeah. Although that line makes me question whether or not that was actually the true. The true way it happened, or he it, just it, wanted it, to it, say it that. It was very yeah, much right, like right, a joker, right. like you want to know how I got these scars, right? So, yeah, the story is ever changing. It varies. And he also has a line in the scene that, that Tina took his second most favorite, favorite organ, organ and stomped it with it with her four inch, yeah, high heels. You won't be needing this. That's right. Mm-hmm. 
so so in this scene, um, Al tips Sam off that Wayne is cheating. Cheating. That, that he has... With a dead says, man's hand. Yeah, that's right. Has, Which I was very happy that... I don't know, uh, whatever. I get super nerdy, and I'm like, why do we have to explain these jokes? And then I realize, oh, it's 89, and not everybody knows that it's a dead man hit. Right, not everyone's uh, seen Deadwood well, by this point. Exactly, yeah. oh, shoot. Yeah. Well, actually, I, I did some research, it. because, like, afterwards, like, uh, after the scene, where experts revealed that Wayne does not have aces and eights. Right? No, he does not. And there's almost this fight that breaks out, and then mm-hmm. uh, Tess actually breaks it up. It's like, no, let's go off, let's take a break. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and She has and, the hand. And Alice yeah. the gates to Sam, yeah, flip over her Yeah, cards. flip over, and he's like, no. But it, it's at this point where, uh, I can't remember which one, if it's Sam or Al, like, they throw out, like, yeah, that's a dead man's hand. Yeah. And I looked it up. Uh, a full boat, aces over eights, is not uh, the true original definition of a dead man's hand. Like, over really? the years, like, some variation of aces and eights is considered a dead man's hand, but the original definition of a dead man's hand is uh, two pair, black aces, black eights. Because supposedly that was the poker hand that Wild Hickok. Bill Hickok was yeah. playing when he was killed. Yeah. So it's not simply aces and eights at all, it's specifically... A pair of aces. A pair of aces, eights. a pair of eights, both pairs black. Yeah. Once again, we're out-nerded by Dennis. Thank you. Thank you very much. Amen, bro. There it goes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyway, so they uh, so they go off to the bar, and they have this moment where, I guess for anybody viewing at home, just to drive home the idea, there are two scenes that confirm that Wayne was cheating on Tess's... Wayne is cheating on Bess's mm-hmm. behalf. They confirm it with the scene between Wayne and Tess, and then we go back to Sam and Al, where that's where Al gets right. Sam yes, to turn over the cards. Did. And then Sam, it's... Uh, and then Sammy has this moment like that's how she's gonna play it, right? Huh? Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, because he and, and I, I was a little affronted when he automatically assumes that she's in on it. Yeah, I actually wrote down the note like trust women more, Sam. Yeah, counterpoint more, right? Mm-hmm. Counterpoint not to that because I completely agree with you both. But counterpoint to that is is Tess tells Wayne she doesn't need him to win, which I do think is a nice moment for her to have. Right. Like when they're at the bar and Wayne is like divulging that, you know, he was doing it for her and she's mm-hmm. just like, I don't need you to win this. Yeah. And so, you know, yeah, Sam's kinda like, mm, what's yeah. up, Sam? But, but then when you she, yeah, when yeah. you think about Wayne's stakes in this whole thing, that you know, when we when we know that, you know, he actually is really in love with her and all that, so he's obviously trying to uh, sandbag. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, right. So to go back another nerd moment, uh, the actor who played Wayne was really good at riding horses. Apparently, he was so inexperienced at playing poker. Uh, yeah, that's right. Another person, uh, Scott Bakula's stunt double, and the actor who played Chance, had to show him just how to simply hold a hand of cards. No way, dude. Yeah. That's that's like my four-year-old nephew. He can't hold cards to save his life. Oh, wow. But that's so. okay. He's four. But that, but Love yeah. you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some of the other, you know, one of the other behind-the-scenes moments that we didn't mention earlier that I think is interesting too is that um, you know, the, going back to the pig for a second, uh, that you know, Sam had to hold this pig all this time for a lot of these shots. They're squirmy. They, yeah, they don't like mm. to be held. No. Uh, so apparently, it was it was a difficult thing to do, and uh, the pig was also not free of. Um, Relieving itself. Oh, Lord! Yeah. And it's, it's very noticeable that any scene that the pig is in, Scott Bakula had to go back and re-record all of his dialogue. Oh, right. yeah. 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 And, he, and in some of those some of those scenes, like he's got like a death grip on the thing. You, know what right. I mean? yeah. you can tell he's just like... He's like, pig! Yeah, like, you're not going anywhere. <laughs> For sure. So, but anyway. At this point, yeah. you have to wonder if Scott Bakula could be like, I could, I could still be on Broadway. 
Right, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I'd be yeah. making less money, but I could still be on Broadway, not putting up with this. Right, right. I, uh, yes. It's a living. Uh, <laughs> but there's another scene in here between, um, going back to the, to the moment between Wayne and Tess at the bar, Wayne has this moment where he's like, I don't know, there's something different about Doc. Oh yeah, and almost all of these early episodes have this moment where where a, a character laments like there's something different about the person that Sam mm-hmm. has leaked into. Yeah, which I think they get away from in later episodes. They but. do. I think that there are certainly there are certainly moments later on where you have a character kind of you know be like you're all right or you know things mm-hmm. like that. But yeah, for the most part, I don't think that there's any other real like. Yeah, it is. It is sort of exclusive, I think, to early on in the series when they have those characters be like not acting like himself, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. For yeah. sure. So now we move on uh, to the scene we've already talked about is the fencing scene. Pole digging. Pole, pole, pole digging. <laughs> my, my first shirtless note. Scott I was gonna say my first note about this scene is hell's yeah shirtless Sam. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and yeah. But yeah, but it's like, okay, I don't want to say like every man hot because yes, you have to work at it and whatever, blah, blah, blah. But like, it's, I feel like it's a readily achievable sexiness, whatever fitness level, blah, blah, blah. I don't Mm. know. I I, I will say this, uh, another nerd moment. Scott Bakula, throughout the entire run of Quantum Leap, had four days off work. Mm. Wow. The entire run of Quantum Leap. And this was something he revealed in... The Captains, which was a documentary where William Shatner went around yeah. and interviewed all of the captains from the Star Trek universe. That's on the, and he was able to maintain a level of fitness while doing a series like yeah. this. Well, so he the, probably wasn't eating. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. On the flip side, to bring William Shatner back into it, um, to be honest, I've never watched the entirety of the original series of Star Trek, mm-hmm. but supposedly... If you're paying attention, you can tell where you're at in any given season of the original Star Trek series by how out of shape William Shatner is. <laughs> totally. Oh, no. Early in the series, yep. early in the season, he's in shape because he had the summer off and he could work out. As the season goes on, he has less time to work out, and Captain Kirk is a little bit more yep. it's, yeah. pudgy. Yep. No, I don't it's get me wrong. Like, it's, it's difficult. I mean... Yeah. But also, I mean, look at the physical fitness of Scott Bakula now. Yeah. Yeah. Versus William Shatner. Versus yeah, William sure. Shatner, like even like ten years later, by the time that sure. they they went to the motion pictures, it's hard choices. Yeah, hard well, choices. you know, obviously the the demands of the schedule um, were 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 clearly high, uh, but I think that the show was also pretty physically demanding. Um, so it was probably difficult for him to not stay in shape a lot of times. It's like, right. you know, I, I, I work around a lot of ballet dancers right now, and uh, you know, one of them got asked a question about nutrition and, and physical fitness and you know the dancer was like not trying to be smart or anything but it's like it's hard not to stay in shape yeah. like with what we're doing mm-hmm. you know it's like I, I i don't i mean yes i think about what i'm eating and i try to eat the right things but i'm not you know it's not like i'm constantly sitting there being like i'm on a diet or i have to get to the gym to do this or this it's just like the nature of the work yeah. kind of keeps me this way and i think that you know a show like quantum leap because one could argue as much as shatner for instance is in those three seasons of star trek he was not in every single scene. Whereas Scott Bakula is in nearly every single scene of mm-hmm. every single episode. True. And that I think is, you know, is, is, is a huge difference too. Um, yeah. But yeah, clearly from this scene, boys in shape. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah so, I, feel, I feel like I'm coming off as very yeah. shallow. I'm not that shallow. But yeah. Like, yeah. He, 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 he looks good in those pants. Yeah. Oh yeah, like, no. Yeah, we can, uh, hey, 
I don't disagree. We can own it. (laughs) What's interesting about the scene, too, I I just thought about it, is that later seasons you see Sam bumble a lot more with whatever. So I think, like, if this episode had come later on in the series, like, you would have had a whole scene of just, like, Sam bumbling, trying to figure out how to, how to, Dig a fence post. Right. We're mm-hmm. a hole for this one. And this one is just kind of taken for granted that. Well, he's that's a farm boy, though. That, that's, I, yeah. that's, some, that's, yeah. some, that's some farm boy stuff. And I do buy, and I buy the, yeah, I buy the, the post digging more than I would buy him you know, roping heifers. Yeah. But, but that, sure. that being said, mm-hmm. yeah, I, it does, it does kind of make sense. But, but, and this is a big but, there are, th- this is quite possibly the most misogynistic we ever see Sam. Oh my god, no, can I can I say the line yeah, totally. that kills yeah. me? Mm-hmm. So, here, what is it? Uh, some things a man can do better than a woman, and some things a woman can do better than a man, like have babies. Yep. Yes. I was so, like, so, what? So, so I heard that line, and so I viewed this episode twice in the, in the lead up for this, and yes. Like, yes, that scene jumped out at me. Because he has a, a line earlier that scene like, oh, women's, women's lives is gonna, gonna love. Yeah. Oh, that too! But then, but then watching it the second time, like, was it was that right, was that something that Sam truly believed? Is it they really didn't know who Sam was at this point? Or you could also argue like he's kind of like poking tests. Like, do you really want to do this? Like, are you are you into this contest? Do you really want to marry a man who out cowboys you? Like, yeah. What you, like what are you trying to do? Well, okay, that's some solid spin. And if that is actually what he was. The justification for that like, line. I, I didn't get the first. I time. will give you that. I didn't get the first time, but the second time, because like he immediately follows that. Look, because she says something like, "I don't want to make babies," and he immediately follows that up with like, "Yeah, but that's why you're doing this contest, right? Like, you want to get married, you get married to have babies. Like, is this what you really want to do?" It's true. And you could argue, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's a misogynistic right. line, but also at the same time, like he's trying to figure out, like, does Tess really want to do what she's yeah. doing? Right? Is that it's it's almost like you know the 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 language that's used versus the intent of the words. Yeah. And I think that in this particular case, that yeah, you could definitely be onto something, especially because what happens in this scene is that she collapses from heat exhaustion. Uh, you know, Sam takes her to Doc's house, mm-hmm. and once they get to Doc's house to start yeah. to cool her off. He by the, by the way, as, as they pull away from the scene, Wayne is totally creeping on him. Oh, oh yeah, right, I saw right, that. Right. Yeah, but they get to Doc's house, and he tells the boy to get him some salt and some water, and then proceeds to strip Tess down. Yeah. Also, now, WTF? But I mean, and again, a right. later season, Sam would have totally. Uh, he would have had problems with with, with stripping. Right. I mean, I know Sam Beckett's a doctor, like technically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in this show, he's just a vet. So how is? Well, whatever. I don't know. Heat exhaustion. Heat exhaustion. Sure. You know, and, and what I would say to that is that I think that followed up after a line like we just heard. He's not. He's never like ogling her. Like he's never like taking no. her clothes off and being like, "I've got her in a bra and I'm yeah, now." No, he's it, super There's never anything predatory about it. Yeah, it's there's, the, yeah, there's, there's nothing physique. sexy about this scene. No, yeah. and so it's it's so it's done very well. At the same time, it is you know as you're watching it, you're just sort of like, okay, like, yeah, those uh, snaps are both really easy. Here we go. Like yeah, 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 just 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 going for it, you know. And then of course the boy comes in and he's like, oh boy, you know. Right. Like, he doesn't say that because there's no oh boy moment in this episode. That but isn't um, <laughs> Yeah. But you know, the, the, there's there's that very clinical sort of. I'm, I'm trying to nurse her back to health, and yeah. of course she starts to come back and get nice left it. hook. Yeah, yeah. She yeah. Looks, yeah, she looks at you, man. Left hook. Yeah, mm-hmm. and just pops in one. Um, yeah. Also, why isn't she wearing an undershirt? That's just just saying, like because. 
because your west, like your your outside shirt, like that's your nice shirt, like and you sure. you're working and sweating all day, like that's what the undershirt is for, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Just saying. Well, but and, you know, TV. Yeah, yeah exactly. You gotta see yeah. the cute little lacy bra and those giant bloomers. And it's just mm-hmm. yeah, right, right, right. We gotta cover up that part. Giant bloomers, but not the other part as much. Uh, of course, she takes the blanket to cover herself up for modesty's sake, and right. you know Sam's like, "No, I'm just trying to help you. You, know, you got to trust right. me." And, and then he like, says, "Next time like, I'll take off all your clothes." Like, like, no, to yeah, which yeah, I was cover like, "Yourself up. You got heat exhaustion. Next time I'll take off all your clothes." Yeah. Like that is the most. That was a fish shaking moment for me. That was like, mm-hmm. I would argue that that's the most misogynistic line in the episode. Beckett. It's like, oh yeah, I'll punish you. And I'll just, I'll just strip you down. No. Yeah. Well, but then, but then, you know, she has this great line too, because he's, you know, he's like trying to get her to to trust him, and she says, you know, I don't trust you, Doc. I just trust me. Um, and it's a really, yeah, it's a really interesting moment for her, and I feel like it's probably the one of the deeper lines of the of the episode, because here's something we never see, and I could be mistaken about this. My memory could be a little Swiss cheesed. We don't ever even hear about her mother. No, we we no. we know she. Died yeah. when she was really young, I think. But that's like so. all we get. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and so and so I feel like you know if we if we go a little deeper into this particular moment for her, you know the only figures that she's had around her are men, mm-hmm. you know her her dad is, mm-hmm. is the, you know and so she's clearly trying to live up to this ideal of what they're supposed to be, um, and and she's developed this sort of sense about herself for whatever reason that she doesn't trust anything or anyone except herself. Mm-hmm. You know she doesn't say. I don't trust you, Doc. I trust my daddy, and I trust Wayne, and I trust. You know, she says, "I don't trust you, Doc. I trust me." And and in some ways, I think it's the most powerful moment that she has because a lot of this episode we see her, you know, kind of giving away a lot of that power. You know, mm-hmm. giving into the contest. You know, Wayne's helping her at the card game. You know, all this sort of stuff. And so, even though she's you know standing there almost quite literally naked, this is her opportunity to just be like, uh, uh-uh. uh. You know, I trust me. Now, of mm-hmm. course, she 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 waits it out. She you know she go ahead. She takes his advice. Sure. Um, but it is it is. It, I think it is a cool moment. Mm-hmm. There's a storm coming overhead. The boy decides it's time to take off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She only uh, there's a moment where she says hi, buh, and a crash of thunder like breaks up. Like you almost learn his name. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But alas, you don't. Yeah. Um, and there's like like yeah, Sam says to her like, do you want the boy to stay? And it's just like so like. Come on. Heartbreaking for Buddy. Yeah, just, poor Buddy. Like, just, just learn my can't, name. Can't catch a break. Learn uh, so now we cut to, to later on, the storm's going on. We find out that Piggy has allergies. Yeah, so Piggy, Piggy has allergies. Piggy has allergies. And uh, now... Thunder scares Tess. Yep, that's what I was going to say. To, 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 to completely go off of what I was just saying about how she's got this nice, powerful moment... I literally wrote, why is she afraid of the thunder? Word. Because, because Word. at this point she has to have some weakness <sighs> to undermine her. Sure. From a, from a rise. Well, she already had right. the heat strike. Uh, exactly. She's already too stubborn to drink her water when she needs right? to. Yeah. 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 And we have this line where, where Sam says it's not a sin to be afraid. And she's, it is in Texas. Yeah, there you go. Texas friends, is it a sin to be afraid? Oh, write us, tell us. At HYBL, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. <laughs> or FWW yeah. dot com. Uh, um, so, they, so they have this they have this dance to Hank Williams Sr.'s yes. uh, Cold, 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 Cold Heart, Heart. Which is a little bit on the nose. A little bit. Yeah. Recorded Always in, good to hear Hank though. Yes. Recorded uh, in nineteen fifty one for those playing at home. Yeah. Uh, so at the Fantastic. end of the scene where they where they kind of tally up, like I didn't realize until th- at this point, like the like the contest had a deadline. Uh, but now we clarify that yeah, there is a deadline, yeah. and, and right now she has him on calf roping, 
and it's it's roping, and wrangling, and drinking. There she, we go. She has the leg up. Roping, wrangling, drinking, and he has her on post hole digging, poker, and poker, and now dancing, and now dancing. And I would argue that her skills are much more useful, but uh, you know. But hey, whatever. Uh, but but it's a tie, and she and she points out like it, it's it's not a tie, right? And they don't kiss because yeah. they almost kiss, but she's like, well, no, he no, no. tries to kiss her, and then she's just like, uh, uh, uh-uh. yeah. You ain't winning this contest. Absolutely, yeah. Yes. And also, okay, sorry, getting a little 2017 feminist here. Do but, it. like, she is, like, she was had heat, heat exhaustion, he, she faints, he, she wakes up in this place. I don't Has she ever been there before? I don't know. She wakes up without her clothes on, and in this weird guy's, not weird guy, but guy she kind of knows, but not really, mm-hmm. not in any sort of, like, friend sort of way. For sure. House, on his couch... And she's afraid of the thunder, and he's basically, like, keeping her there, and now he's like, oh, dance with me, and she's like, uh, like, all of the, she is totally legit to be afraid of him in these surroundings. It's like the Just summer, saying. it's like the summer Texas version of Baby It's Cold Outside. I, but <laughs> there we go. There, thank yeah. you, yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. And he's putting, you know, but I mean... Maybe it's storming outside and you have heat exhaustion. Exactly! Yeah, you know. What's in the salt water? Like, no. yes, yeah. like, she's got nowhere to go, so she kind of has to just, like, do what... Do, go with what he's going with. Right. what's going on. And so he tries to kiss her, like, I totally understand where she's really frightened by this. And, mm. and, and... Affronted. Yeah. 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 I don't know. But I think, I, I don't think she, I don't think the way this thing's written, like, she's not frightened by him or affronted by him making a pass. Like, no. She, she, she's letting herself get too close. And, I don't, and there's that too. And I would certainly say that Sam's not necessarily preying on her. You no. Know, but. But there is just, she is, she is justified in her uneasiness. Yes. Absolutely. And I, well, and I think that it's, it seems like this, and, you know, again, not to get too sociopolitical mm-hmm. and look at it with our, our liberal 2017 eyes, but it seems like this that I think reinforce the idea that it is okay, you know, for a man to look at a woman and say, you know, stay. Oh, totally. You know, no, have that other drink with me. No, go ahead and do this with me. And even though we can look at it in the context of the scene and the context of who Sam is and who Tess is and say, sure. like, and, and, and kind of excuse it in a way, it seems like this it are not unique to this episode. Yes. We see stuff like this in a Absolutely. lot yes. of entertainment and media, especially from stuff from a certain time period. Yes. And from, you know, and it is kind of excused as like, ah, oh, it's all right, it's all right. And so it, it, it's interesting to look at it through that lens. Flip side of that being, I don't think Sam's preying on her. I, I think Tess, I think Tess can handle herself and is okay with the scene. Um, and I think that it, it, it's Sam's desire to accomplish his mission, yes. you know, is certainly For sure. sort of predicating the idea that uh, dance with me, I'm going to try to kiss you, let's, yes. get this, let's get the show on the road, right. it's time for me to now, leap on. is you know? Doc kissing her or is Sam kissing her? See, now that is a great question. Not just for this episode, but for Quantum Just League. in general, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, yeah. I think going back to the physical thing, talking about right hand of God, when Kid Cody gets punched or Sam gets punched, Sam has the cut above his eye. Yeah. Um, so I would say that, you know, Sam, physically Sam is kissing her. Emotionally and mentally, is Sam kissing her as Doc Young? That's what I mean, is, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. Like, is, <laughs> is, Sam, is Sam kissing her to forward Doc's intentions, or is Sam... Kissing her because he wants to kiss her. He, because what, he's kind of uh, digging her, too. Th- that kind of gets muddy because... To, to jump ahead a couple scenes, it is clear through voiceover that Sam is starting to develop. Yeah. He is digging her, yeah. For Tess, which, like, I don't... That's one of those things, like, I don't know if that's... 
I, necessary. Well, like I feel like I feel like it was written that way to it's give an occupational hazard. Yeah, to get to give Sam's character some stakes. Sure. But also, I think it would have been a very interesting choice for like you know Sam. Sam is a doctor. He is a scientist. Yeah. For it to be very clinical, like. You know what? I would not be interested in Tess in real life, but this is what I'm here to do. Exactly. So yeah. I need. Is he I, playing the character? I, I need to basically play Doc and, mm-hmm. and advance this along. Well, and I think that comparing it to the pilot episode, I think there's no doubt in my mind that a couple of the times at least that Sam is kissing Peg. Most assuredly. Like Sam is like, you know, that is mm-hmm. Sam. Not playing the role, not trying to get it accomplished. He is, because he's into her. Yeah. Sure. I would argue that with Dixie, Sam is, is, is into her. Uh, with Tess, I don't know. It is an interesting question because there's a part of me that's kind of like maybe... Well, that, but I mean, he, this, I mean, this, he says I mean, in the voiceover that he is, so I guess we have to take it that I mean, he is. This, this but is... I, uh, it's not this, as... Explicit. It's a a unique episode in that, like, the romance is not just a side to the story. The romance is the story. Yeah, true. At this point, like, he believes he's there to get them together. Yeah. Very good point. So making uh, making a pass is part of his mission. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. But anyway, so she pulls herself away Mm -hmm. from that. She drives home crying in the thunderstorm. In another great shirt. (laughs) <laughs> and a, and a fantastic that, shirt. That, that green shirt. It's so good. And and so now we cut. But before she leaves, she throws out one more ultimatum, like the tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. I, I love the line, like, tomorrow Sunday, and unless you plan on out praying me, right. the contest is over. And then he's like, you got to give me a tiebreaker. And then she throws out Ride Widowmaker. And then would say a box at that. She's like, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's, I feel like that's the best play she could make at that point. Absolutely. You know, it's like the, the number one thing that she knows that she can do Mm -hmm. and that as of yet, no one else has been able to do. So as far as she's concerned, she's like, I got this. Yeah. It's over. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah. So, so. Moving right along, because I honestly think that, that, that there's, a, there's a moment we're getting to, and I'd just like to get there. Sam shows up, gets on Widowmaker, mm-hmm. he succeeds. By the way, I want to go back and I want to complete my nerdery trifecta by calling out previous sets for this episode. Yeah? Like, while they do a wide establishing shot of the farmhouse, when we cut mm-hmm. up to the close-up of, of Chance sitting on the porch. Totally. And, and Tess walking out, like, that's the front porch from Starcrossed. Yep. Nice. They just did a close-up of that. Yeah, that, that's their house that they like to use. Hey, man, that's like props and sets department right there, yeah. man. Just right. turn anyway, that over week yeah. over week. So he shows up, and he, he just walks right in, and he... Hops on that horse. And, mm-hmm. and, and I mean, he, get, he now, gets Widowmaker, like, saddled up. Al, and yeah, and Al, Al does show up to uh, uh, to try to give the assist. To assist. But, like, I don't care. I don't care about Tina anymore. I yeah. don't care if she calls me, whatever. Sam was like, hey, can you keep can you keep Widowmaker under control right. while I'm doing this thing? And then, He's of course, doing his own. Yeah, and, of course, Al gets, yeah, ohm. Oh, yeah. Yes. And then Al gets a phone call. Yeah. From Tina. From Tina. From Tina. He's like, peace, brother. Um, yeah, I gotta go. <laughs> Yeah, and then we get another shot of the imaging chamber door. Yeah. Which is just an invisible... Invisible little door opening up and closing. Well, you know, I I struggle, because I get it, and I don't mind it, and I'm not going to nitpick at it like maybe I did in some of the stuff that I talked about in Right Hand of God, but it is interesting that Al takes off like this, because I feel like it's the first time that we've ever seen Al... Effectively bail. bail on Sam. Yeah. We've seen him mm-hmm. show up late. Yeah. We we've seen him not give the answers, but we've never we've not yet seen him just be like bail. Hey, See you, you later, got man. This, right? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Bye. Mm-hmm. And so that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. No, yeah, whatever. It is what it is. I don't mind it. I'm not gonna sure. be like. But we get the dramatic moment but, of, of Al right or not Al, Sam. But Sam not having to write yeah. Widowmaker. Right. Yes. 
and and you know gets off the horse and so it's like oh you won you won and and Sam's just like I did it to prove a point not to marry you yeah. no 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 actually he says he says something else did I did I write this down he says something about her dress uh, he's like you no. ought to wear a dress more often which I was like mm. oh, uh, no it, it wasn't uh, it wasn't that he was like he says something to the effect of like uh, I just wanted to show I could write him. Not her. her. Yes. Yes. That was right. That was a yeah. Yeah. And then then he yeah Yeah. drives off. And that was that was Sam like redeems not that he needed it but like this whole episode is like oh okay and it does make you wonder and 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 you know maybe we're we're being a little too critical of some of these points. I I mean I don't think so. I think it's good that we're raising the points that we are, but uh, it does make you wonder if the writers and if you know Scott Bakula if there was this idea that you know. this is where Sam is within the mission, and this is who Sam really is. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that and that all that other stuff that we saw is like Sam trying to complete his mission, and now we have Sam just being like fed up with it over it and be like, no, this is why I did this, and I'm out. This yeah. is right. Um, and, and so, yeah, so before we move on, like, this is like one of the most interesting scenes in the episode is so Sam has ridden Widowmaker. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so Tess gets a gun and just shoots Widowmaker. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm like, did you watch a different episode? Just want to make sure you're paying attention at all. Uh, by the way, Mikey got hit by a bus. Yeah. Um, the show took a t- took No, a like, 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 watching that scene, like, my dark sense of humor is like, and this is where, two sh- where Tess shoots one of them. Oh, my God. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, right, because, you know, hey, if it's yeah. hog cholera, we gotta well, shoot maybe, them all. Maybe, useless. maybe just because, like, I, I just watched an episode of, of Game of Thrones where one character's oh. horses oh, fails yeah. him, and he, and just, he just, like, promptly just kills the horse. horse's head. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway, so, so yeah, Sam, Sam, Sam drives back to the ranch, and we have this moment where he's, like, kind of talking to Doc, just like, hey, you have to trust yeah. me, like, I, I can't win her, like, she has to... She has to show that she wants to... to yeah. Right, this. right. I can't coerce her into doing this. It's got to yeah. be by her choice. Mm. I find yeah. it interesting... And I don't know if you guys have talked about this in previous episodes, but, like, Sam is obviously... Believes in God. I think so, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just... I, I find that interesting that... I don't know. Somebody who is such a time-traveling scientist can have also that faith in a higher power and I kind of dig that. Um, I mm-hmm. am a I personally consider myself a uh, convince me atheist. Um, so anybody out there that wants to convince me, feel free. But but I just I, I think that is I think it's kind of cool that um, that you know this person with what like six PhDs is like they say has like mm-hmm. six yeah. doctorates or something um, and who obviously is well advanced in you know time travel and quantum theory and all that sort of thing um, can still uh, you know, believe in um, uh, as of yet unknown sure. um, entity is um, there. You go. Yeah, that's very. It's very comforting. In it, a way, it, it is, and it is. Inter- it is an interesting thing because I do think that there are episodes that that touch on it more than others. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I yeah, there, I mean, there's a whole thesis people have written out there. I'm sure about you know quantum leap and God and sure, all right, stuff. right. You know, well, that's yeah. what Google is for. Um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, but yeah, it's it's interesting. find that thread on Reddit, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't know. I think that just based off of the the amazing things that he's seen and accomplished, maybe there is that idea that 
you know, there's got to be something more, you know, yeah. there's got to I mean, be he, something. It's like the astronaut. He's looking for a purpose in this, whatever he's been thrown into. Yeah. So. Well, it's like you have astronauts who, 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 you know, make these grand mm-hmm. statements about touching the face of God and all this sort of stuff. And, 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 and then you have other astronauts yeah. who I'm sure are just sort of like, nah, nah nothing up there. Like, yeah, it's, sure. it's whatever. Yeah. You know? and, and, but, uh, and it's important, like Sam grew up in Indiana, but sure. in the Midwest and so. That probably plays a lot, and it's clear through you know later episodes too that he is he he he's familiar with going to church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah. Sure. So yeah, uh, um, so yeah, he has this moment, and then and then who should show up? Yeah, Tess. Yeah, yeah Tess shows up, and in this scene we reveal. Uh, I can't remember the exact line, but uh, Tess throws out the line where she's still very skeptical, like she doesn't believe that anyone could want to be with her just to be with her. Like it's all about Rihanna. Like yeah. whoever marries her, right. really, they, they, sad. they really want Rihanna. Yeah. And, and that she feels that way. Mm-hmm. Well, and it makes some of the other things clear too, about her only trusting herself. Oh, most assuredly. Like she's looking at everybody thinking that there's some ulterior motive. Like they want me for mm-hmm. the ranch, not for me. Yeah. Cause you know? I'm sure they've been coming out of the woodwork like, oh, trying yeah. to get that land. And Absolutely. they just, I mean, they just think that she's, you know, she's the, the, the key to the land and have nothing, want to have nothing to do with her. Absolutely. In the minute, in the minute they marry her, she's done riding horses. She's yeah. done, you know what I mean? She's, she's sitting in a house. Her hair babies. gets exponentially bigger. Right. Um, you know, yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, even though, even though I think there's a valid critique of some of her statements about not wanting to be like a woman, I think that there's also a, a very, um, valid, uh, intellectual argument for the reason she says those yeah. things because she sees that as being, you know, kind of a cage and she sees being a woman and getting married as taking these things away from her because I think that her birthright in her mind is Riata. Yeah. And she thinks it's hers. It is. It's not, her. not to share with some man, not no. to give to some man. It's her identity. Really, that ranch is her identity. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah. But... Sam decides to give her the journal. The, the, the journal, like, yeah, like, I, yeah, I had That's this... That's fe- bold move, man. Yeah, yeah, I had all these feelings, and so, yeah, I mean, what best way to to present Doc's feelings and Absolutely. Doc's Oh, most words. assuredly. It's... And, and so she looks it over, and then she asks him if they can dance. They can and dance. They, they had a dance, and I forgot until I rewatched it the second time, like, they actually, they actually have a kiss. Uh, I always... They do! I, I, I misremember this as, like, yeah. they have an almost kiss. But no, like they have a full blown kiss, and that's yeah. when Wayne shows up. Yes, that's right. And it turns out Wayne, I've been hoping to rope you. Right, is, is Wayne's looking it. nice in his white shirt and his bolo. Yeah. Like I'm and, all and, about the costumes in yeah. this episode. <laughs> <laughs> and again, we have this moment while well, he was getting ready for church. Yeah. Uh, but again, we have this moment where where Tess thinks that Wayne just wants her for Riyadh, and he he clarifies like, "No, you keep I don't care. Riyadh. Yeah, like, keep I, Riyadh. Like I yeah. I want you." And you have this great moment, like, yeah, I, I wrote these letters. I love, like, in the background, Sam is just like, oh, oh man. Yeah. man. Yeah. I um, get the girl. I thought that was it. And so we have this awkward moment where Doc and Wayne are sitting in the house. No, yes. my, my notes in just, like, giant block letters for the this, this second dance is awkward. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sam's just kind of standing in the back with his hands yeah. behind him, just like, you guys are dancing in my living room. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and at this point, like, Sam has full blown developed feelings for yeah. I think Sam has for Tess yeah yeah can you imagine can you just like imagine if getting Wayne and Tess together was the whole purpose of the mission and that they start dancing and Sam leaps out and poor Doc Young leaps in oh dude <laughs> oh no <laughs> Like he sees the truth of the dead. I mean, just that oh, poor boy. son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and the insult to injury, like 
she's read his stuff. Like, yeah, right. She yeah. knows, she what knows Doc, how yeah, he yeah. feels. Yeah. And chose. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it is a yeah. It's it's slightly callous of her in a way, mm. but not real. I mean, whatever. Make your own choices. Like, I'll be right. For sure, sure. But, but, but to, yeah, that leads us into the next scene. We have this nice mm. little moment where Sam has a monologue where where he compares it to this heartbreak moment of uh, having a crush on his kindergarten teacher. Oh, yes, that's right. It's like so that. endearing. And yeah, and how he eventually got over it. By next getting, year, by yeah, having by, a crush by, on his by, first grade teacher, by getting a crush on the next one, yes. and but that kind of undercuts Doc's thing because, like you said, like Doc's going to leap back, right? Yeah, and this is not just some simple crush. Like, no, Doc's pretty like, screwed. Like he's like he's in love with Tess, and he's going to leap he's back. These things, yeah. And first off, what the hell is Buddy doing singing on the porch? I mean, well, before second, we get there, before, before we get there, there yeah, yeah, there's the mirror moment. We there's finally the, get our mirror moment. There's the mirror moment. So yeah, the next scene, it's some uh, apparently either Sam hangs around for several weeks while they plan a wedding. Or or they have a whirlwind wedding within a couple of, of days. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so Al shows back up and Sam is clearly upset with Al because Al left him high and dry. Al left him in the lurch. Piggy takes off on him because she's fully healed and takes off. And so Wait, this is, but we didn't talk about the mirror moment though. We're, we're coming we're back. coming to No, but the mirror moment happens before the pig takes off. No, it doesn't. Sure, I'm sure. Because yeah, because that scene takes. I'm off. just going back to the bottle feeding part, yeah, and I'm just that, 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 that was like but, 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 no, but, that but, scene actually starts off with with Sam feeding Piggy with the bottle, and uh-huh. Piggy runs off, uh-huh. and then Al shows up, uh-huh. and then Al and Sam have their little have their little moment. Right, Al is clearly upset with, or Sam is clearly upset with Al. Right, and Al clarifies that him and Tina are back together, and Gushy was just something to make Give Al jealous. jealous right? Give him a case and, of then, and then we have the mirror moment. Okay, yeah, that's, sorry, I thought when you said the pig ran off and you started talking about Buddy, I was like, no, no, oh, no, no, wait a minute. No, no, okay, so yeah, so yeah, we have the mirror moment, and um, two things about the mirror moment. Uh, you can't feel too bad for the actor, because the actor is clearly a handsome man. Very! But they decide by throwing a pair of glasses and slicking the his hair down all dirty like, hairline. Yeah. 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 Uh, that all of a sudden, Mr. Sloan Fisher, who died at the young age of 38 in 1995, Aww. but had just come off of a television movie playing the title role in Tarzan in Manhattan, for which he... I've is, seen that. Yeah. So he's barely dressed for the whole thing. So the guy's clearly like good looking, good shape, etc. But for whatever reason, they cast him in a role as Al and Sam basically say, well, he didn't have much to work with. Yeah. And there was a thing like watching this episode again with Betsy the other day. Uh, she was like, so he's supposed to be ugly. That's what right. I said. Like, like, okay, he has a receding hairline. All right. And he wears glasses. Yeah. He's a little dorky looking. So what? But... Yeah, not that ugly. Thing yeah. two, and this is the one that really gets to me. He has glasses on, but Sam does not. Right? What's that about? You know, so, uh, interesting thing. I, if I, if I'm up on my trivia correctly, actually, I think, like, even though this episode aired, like, fourth, this may have been the first episode they filmed after the pilot. I think, no, the next one is. The next one is, yeah. okay. So they were still early on, so they still hadn't established, like, what the right. rules are. All, okay. And the thing is, like, that's something that used to really bug me when I was younger, but now thinking about it, think about this. When Sam leaps into someone who wears glasses, later on, they more clearly establish the fact that it's Sam physically leaping mm-hmm. there. So when Sam puts on somebody else's glasses... The prescription's going to be wrong. Right? Mm-hmm. So... And if Sam is surrounded by the aura of the person that he's leaped into, I can kind of buy into, like, even though Sam isn't wearing glasses, when people look at Doc, mm. they see glasses because 
they expect to see glasses. Sure, I, I guess. Okay. I guess. But the mirror image thing, that I, I guess it, it, it bothers me because then I have to say, well, then what the hell is Sam doing in the clothes? Like, why isn't he wearing the white jumpsuit? Some women would have much I was going to say, that would have made for a very so, so, so here's what bugs me the most out of this moment. It's not the fact that he's ugly, not ugly. It's not the fact that he's wearing glasses when Sam is not. It's that they don't come right out and say it, but they heavily imply that Sam has been here for over 48 hours at this point, and he had yet to look in a mirror. Yes! Yes. Because that the, way, was the way he smiles and says, hi, Doc... And it's like, I mean, especially like when he first leaped in, leaps in, he has mud all over his face. There's not a moment like when he looked in the mirror and scrubbed himself down. Right. That's my big, and I think there's only one other. Boom. <laughs> there's only one other episode in the series where a part of the plot relies on the mirror image. Sam mm-hmm. not looking in the mirror for a significant amount of time. That's my biggest issue with this. No, that's, that's, uh, you're right. That one's better than the other two. That one really is, actually. So, no, uh, no spoilers, but... So yes. here we go. So now, our, yeah. our, our big finish, our kiss with destiny, and apparently the real reason the why real Sam reason Beckett... Was the, the whole before, romance is a but, red herring. But before we get there, we, we get out on the porch, and Sam has this weird moment, like, for once, can you walk through the door? And he holds oh, the door for yeah. Al, and Al throws out, and Buddy is like, what the what, hell? Yeah, what right? What's going on? But then Al has a moment, he says, like, there's a, a certain percent chance that you'll leap as soon as Wayne and Tess say, I do. Mm-hmm. And again, it's this idea that Sam physically has to remain there until the thing happens. It's very much like the kiss mm-hmm. at the end of Starcross that we yeah. talked about yeah, absolutely. last episode, uh, or a couple episodes ago. Yeah. Um, and so Sam has to physically stay there until the thing happens, but then we get this moment. That yeah. Is. Maybe the real moment. I never interpreted this as the real thing that Sam was there to do. I've always taken this as a as a bonus. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. As as God time fate or whoever throwing him a bone. Yeah, just an extra thing. Right. Hey, have, have fun with this one, Sam. Yeah. Well and and I I mean, the moment when he realizes what who Buddy is. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I I I'd I'd pee a little bit too if I realized that I had given Buddy Holly Peggy Sue. Yeah. Um, well because because what's happening is the boy's sitting on the porch, he's playing his guitar, the pig is gone, they're trying to find the pig. Olivia. He starts singing Piggy, Piggy Suey. Suey. Piggy, Piggy Suey. Suey. And 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 so Sam realizes, Al realizes. He's got the so rest. so so Al is like, hey, go go ahead and try it. Yeah, he's like he's like he's like, go ahead, Sam. You know. Yeah. And, uh, and he says, hey, buddy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I I love that that Sam looks at Al like, is is it okay if I totally met? Like, I think it's funny that they've been messing with the space time continuum <laughs> this whole time, mm-hmm. and then Sam looks to Al and goes, wait, can I can I do this like one very like important thing? Yeah. And mm-hmm. Al's like, yeah, what else? Why not? Go for it. But but I don't know. And he does. Yes. And so he tells him uh, Peggy Sue, and so we end with Buddy Holly singing Peggy, Peggy Sue. Peggy Sue. Yes. Yeah. Which I so I had I had to look this up because I'm I'm a music person and I also really love Buddy Holly being from Iowa where he you know plane crash all that. Anyway, uh, it's a little. Quantum Leap, not greatness, because <laughs> That'll Be the Day was actually recorded in July of 1956, and this episode supposedly takes place in August of 1956, mm-hmm. so if this episode is to be believed, Buddy is already recording. Mm-hmm. That said, the records weren't released until a year later, mm-hmm. So, and he actually records uh, Peggy Sue in July of 1957. 
So maybe Buddy was like playing the bar circuit before uh, while this well, they, is all going on. I mean, I don't know. He could be like you know the the, gu- the guitar guy in Gilmore Girls that just walks around all the time. But um, he and the Crickets were already together at yeah. this point. Yeah, yeah. and they mm-hmm. were playing like bowling alleys and you know weird things like that. Yeah. Um, Too young for bars. Oh so, right, yeah, right. It's Texas. Was, was, Who the hell knows? He was 19. Yeah. At, it's like know, still in, super at young. particular point in time. Um, but I, I did, but I, I still love it. Still love it. Mm-hmm. Even with that historical knowledge. But yeah, yeah it's great. Yeah. Well, because it, because it, yeah, I, I mean, it's. <sighs> I just ruined it for everybody. Sorry. No, no, not at all. Not at all. I think mm. it's a, it's a good, it's a good, you know, it's a good kiss with history. I don't think. Whereas the Watergate one in Starcrossed, I think we can almost kind of take as like, oh shit, Sam was there. Right. Yeah. This one is a little bit more fantasy. Yes. Sure. You know, yeah. this one is a little bit more like, you know, okay, look, this, you know, and, and it, the other thing about it was, is that, um, Buddy Holly didn't actually write it. The drummer, That's true. yeah, the drummer, uh, Jerry Allison, Allison was the one yes. who actually wrote it. And it was indeed about a girlfriend of his. his yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so I think that that yeah I, sure it's it's a it's, it's, a, little, it's a whimsical little moment of, of quantum leap you know kiss with history mm-hmm. and it's nice and 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 it because it's been this running thing through the entire episode it's a beautiful little resolve it is and and, it, and hell if any of y'all of gotcha. are out there watching as we go along for the first time and it gets you to go out and check out some Buddy Holly records please do then mission mm-hmm. accomplished because sure. you're missing out he so a huge purporter of independence for artists and you know independent radio and uh, you know, we all wish he was still alive today to uphold those ideals because absolutely, lords, we need it. And the things that he was starting to do towards the end of his career, I mean, you know, when we think of Buddy Holly, you think of drums, guitar, bass, the the, the hiccupy voice, the the you know, the coke bottle glasses, etc. And then you know, you get to the end of his career, and he's starting to bring in strings and horns and jazz elements, and there's he's just no still telling in his 20s. where. Yeah, there's no telling where he would have gone from there, and. Uh, so it's yeah. it's 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 a beautiful little whimsical piece that mm-hmm. has no factual basis whatsoever. Nope. But, but, but I do love. Uh, I love it. <laughs> aside from other kisses with history that the series does, where it's it's done like a cheap like one off joke in one scene. Mm-hmm. Like this is something like the seed is planted the entire yes. Yes. episode. Yes. And then and you get the, the payoff. Yeah. And, and those who were paying attention would have said, "Oh, I knew it the whole time." At the end. Which is actually funny because that was what I was just getting ready to say. Is I think an astute viewer would be able to figure out early on. It's like, mm-hmm. wait a minute, is that Buddy Holly? And the beautiful thing about it is I don't feel like the episode plays it for the twist for the audience. No. They play it for the twist for Sam. Yes. And that's why it feels kind of more rewarding. Yes. Because it's like when Sam realizes it, the viewer, for the most part, is like, well, yeah, dude, I yeah. knew. Yeah. You know, and... and, and when he and, says his name for the first yeah. time, he's like, buddy. Buddy, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. he's like, I, I get it now. And we get a beautiful piece of what you were talking about earlier, Dennis, with the bumbling version of Sam. Yeah. Because the way that he even says buddy, like, there's that moment where he's just sort of like, all right, I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm gonna do this. I don't know if it's right, but I'm gonna do it. And that's more of the Sam that we get. Yeah. Throughout Literally. the series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's just, it's a really great moment. And it's one of the most iconic Shots because the shot is used the 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 still uh, image putting on, his cowboy putting on the hat yeah is used again and again and again in the intros and outros. Well, I, I even think like, like Al may even do like a like a wave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, yeah, he does time to leap, and so yeah, and and yeah, and then of course he leaps out and uh, he leaps in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Quite literally, uh, and uh, all of a sudden he's yeah. in an attic with a woman who is thanking him for a wonderful time. Yeah. He was terrific. 
If I'm lying, I'm dying. Indeed. And, and Sam's pants are around his ankles. And, uh, and that brings us to the close of another episode of Quantum Leap. Mm-hmm. Um, final thoughts. Uh, I, I said this before on the last one, but like I said, like when I was younger, I tended to dismiss these, these earlier episodes because they're not as high stakes as later episodes. But as I get older and I have less of a taste for, uh, for violent episodes, and a lot of the later episodes turn into like Sam like saving someone from getting murdered, mm-hmm. so on and so forth, uh, episodes like this are highly rewatchable for me because it, it's just fun. It it's is light. fun. It's airy. There are some problematic, you know, misogynistic moments. Time totally. and place. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 <sighs> oh, clearly we're going to have to make an edit there. Uh, <laughs> or not, depending on, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I would agree with most of what you said. For me, it tends to, I, I look at it as sort of a fun episode. Um, it, it, it does have a good sense of humor, you know, some of the sexist stuff aside. Um, it, you know, I think it's got a pretty good pace, good clip. Again, kind of going back to what I've been saying about most of this first season episodes, they really do have a, I think the pace is dialed in really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, and maybe the montage scenes, which we could easily deride, actually help that, you know? It's like sure. it, moves, it moves action along. It's yeah. true. And like I said before, like these early episodes, I, I feel like they do this great thing of like in the first five minutes, they establish the yeah. plot of the episode, and here we go. And so in a way, I, I could... I, I certainly could understand an argument of how they start to feel a little cookie cutter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the only thing that's really changing is, is the genre. You know, it's like mm-hmm. we're just changing our hats, but it's mm-hmm. still but it's still the same story or whatever. Um, but that said, I feel like the you know, the episode does well. We, we're getting to I think everyone. Scott Bakula, the writers, the directors, everybody involved, they are getting to know Sam a little bit more mm-hmm. um, as we go on. There's still some things that I feel are, are kind of still un-Sam-like. Um, I think we can, if we want to chalk it up in our head canon to him being Swiss cheesed and you know. not really knowing who he is even mm-hmm. anymore, uh, whatever the case may be. Uh, but I do. I think ultimately, yeah, the episode the episode holds up pretty well and has a good little yarn and it's, it's fairly harmless mm-hmm. for the most part. Everybody's happy in the yeah. end. Yeah. Final thoughts, Claire? Uh, you know, as someone who uh, hasn't really watched Quantum Leap since uh, my the summer between junior and senior year of high school when they were <laughs> on uh, sci-fi like six mm-hmm. times a day, I think that was about. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that was when I watched the majority of the episodes. Right. Uh, coming back to it now, it's 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 awesome. It's I am I'm it's a fun episode. Um, again feministly problematic but you know what here's this woman that's gonna run the crap out of this ranch uh mm-hmm. and uh she loves her animals and uh she hopefully has found a good solid partner in wayne and possibly because she didn't see him in a romantic way until the end that's gonna make their relationship even stronger mm-hmm. um because all of the you know friendship and uh mm. uh trust uh which hopefully will ensue um you know even though she says she trusts only herself uh maybe that you know hopefully that's already been established and it'll come and they're gonna live a great life um running uh the ranch and yeah and all the animals and that pig in those western shirts <laughs> that's you know, what you just said actually made me want to just jump back real quick and talk about Wayne for a second. And the fact that he shows up like he does, he takes the chance, he gives these letters. I, I don't, I feel like one of the things that's interesting is that there doesn't seem to be any demand on his part. Yeah. There's no, there's no, you're coming with me. I love you more than he does. It's more just sort of like he shows up and he's like, 
I have this thing to show you, and I and I, I came here because I need you, and, you know, it's... It's, it's kinda, almost glossed over yeah. in the episode. You know, it's almost like, oh, we're going to tie this up and get to the buddy part, but it's like, oh, no, he was... Yeah. He was there. Like, he was supporting mm-hmm. her the whole time. Absolutely. It, and, sometimes in less than good ways right, with cheating the cheating and, and all that. Yeah, but, sure. right, you right. Know, who hasn't cheated at cards? Whatever, sure. you know, but, I mean, oh, sorry. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Sorry, no not sorry. No one played cards with Claire. Yeah. Um... <laughs> But yeah, I, so so it is it is an interesting moment, and it shows it shows a lot of heart, and I think that that's one of the things that we get a lot of from Quantum Leap, and we've talked a little bit about. Um, we didn't talk a lot about the last one, I don't think. Well, maybe we did. I don't know. Whatever. Who knows what I'm talking about? Point is that there's a lot of heart. There's yeah. a lot of heart to these episodes. There really um, are. And and I think that that's something that only continues to grow. Um, so there you have it. How the test was won. Mm. Uh, Claire, if people want to find you, yeah, online, what do you got to plug? Uh, you can find me by uh, checking out either of my bands, uh, the New Switcheroo or Claire and the Bears. Um, we are all over all the regular social medias: um, Spotify, SoundCloud, Facebook, Twitter, all those things. So yeah, listen to some fun music and uh, please, please, please check out Buddy Holly if you are not already a fan because there's a lot going on there and uh, we should know our history. Yes, absolutely. Yes, well, I think that pretty much wraps up this episode. Yeah, it sure does. So uh, yeah. until... this was so much fun. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Yeah, thank you blast. so much for being a part of it. Thank you. Thanks. I, I think uh, it's safe to say that you know if you're interested, we would love to have you back thank in you. the future. So. Anytime. And yeah. to uh, any of those five people who are listening, thanks so much. And uh, tell your friends. Five, five and growing. <laughs> five and growing. You five, tell another five each. It's like a pyramid scheme. We'll sell some antlers. So until next time, I'm Dennis. I'm Sam. I'm Claire. Let's leap out of here. All right. Have a good day. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed what you've heard or have any questions or comments, don't be shy. Reach out to us online at www.quantumleappod.com or Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Fates Wide Wheel. And remember to hit the subscribe button and leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you may be listening. Until next time.